eating good food, being with good people, and uh, sweating. <laughs> you are listening to the Live Better Show with Brett and Jason, where we dive into life crushers changing their game, talking about wellness, and sharing a message of putting plan into action. Live Better is based on five pillars. Move better, eat better, think better, give better, and live better. We move for freedom, to do and go where and when we want. We practice good nutrition to combat an age of being overfed and undernourished. We practice mindfulness for ways to live purposefully. We give better as the basis for why we do anything at all, especially when focusing on the health of our clients and community. And at the intersection of it all, we live better. Health and wellness is the sustainable fuel to do whatever it is in life you want to do better. Our guests share their story, their mission, and the pursuit of having the best day ever, Every single day. Hey! Turn up, bitch! <laughs> Today's sponsor of the Live Better Show is Hyperice. At Hyperice, their mission is to provide athletes with a set of tools that improve performance by accelerating recovery time, preventing injury, and enhancing the body's ability to move more efficiently. All Hyperice products are developed and tested to meet the standards of the world's best athletes. Vibrating foam rollers and balls, the best ever. Brett and Jason here with Alex Silver Fagan. Super excited to have you on the Live Better show today. How's everything going in NYC? Everything's good, other than it being incredibly cold, but I really can't, I don't think that counts when I'm talking to two guys from Chicago. <laughs> Actually, today is not that bad for us out here. Really? Oh, yeah. it's been miserable. But other than that, things are good. That's awesome. Um, so let's just uh, start off by... Just telling our listeners a, a little bit of, of some of the current things that you're up to. Um, we'll dive a little deeper into them, but just kind of give a broad overview of like what day-to-day looks like right now for, for Alex. Yeah, for sure. So I do quite um, quite a few things. I am a personal trainer, so I have one-on-one clients. I'm also a group fitness instructor, so I teach a metabolic conditioning class at a place called Solace. And then I also teach my own class that I've created called Flow into Strong, which is yoga and strength training together. Uh, with that said, I'm also a yoga teacher. And I, I I don't teach yoga, just strict yoga that frequently, but I do every so often. And I am also a fitness model. So sometimes I go on castings or on photo shoots. I am also a published author. So I've recently... Uh, wrote a book that is a strength training program for women. Additionally, I have an ebook that I wrote earlier, uh, about like a year ago, that is basically explaining flow and song. Uh, what else do I do? <laughs> I try to be 25. So, uh, yeah, that's what I do. So you do a couple things. Just a few. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. What would you say out of those couple different? Um, things you do that you're spending the majority of your time on on a daily basis? Um, I think I spent the, major- the majority of my time um, teaching classes. Uh, well, I mean, honestly, every day is so different. Like one day I could teach four, another I could have no class and just private clients. Um, I think what I do the most every single day is try to be creative and try to connect with people, whether that be in a class one-on-one or via social media or creating some piece of content. So, uh, 
I know that's not really the answer you, you look for, but yeah. <laughs> every day is so different. Yeah, I mean, every day is different for, for Jason and I. We understand that. We do a broad range yeah. of things, too, and we, we totally understand. Let's... Let's dive into that book that you just that you just put out. Um, can you give us yeah. some details about uh, about the book, the um, you know how it relates to being strong from a woman's perspective? Um, and we'll get into some details about that because that's super cool that you just launched that. Yeah, thank you. So, um, what's cool is I actually first wrote my ebook, and that was just because I wanted to have something written out there and. Right when I published my ebook, the publishers for my current actual book sent me an email and asked if I wanted to write something. So it was like kind of a cool way of the universe saying, hey, you want to do this and you went for it. So now we're going to let you do it again. Yeah. So I wrote this book and it's it's basically this fitness program that just is, it provides clear step-by-step instructions on a strength training program. And it's three levels. Each level is a four-week program. You get four workouts in each week, and they're pretty basic of starting off with, like, learning how to use barbells, um, then going into some sort of hypertrophy work as well, and then additionally with some metabolic conditioning. So it's it's really just the way that I train written out for other people to, to be able to use. And I... It's, it's It says it's for women, but it's really for everybody. And the, the reason that we marketed it towards women is because I I don't look like the big bulky guy that everyone thinks lifting weights makes you into. And it was fun to really show people that you can do all of these movements and you can lift heavy and go into the gym with a mindset of being strong and you will not look like a man. And you can go into the gym rather than wanting to change your body, which is part of it, but going in and wanting to mentally be stronger and feel confident in what you're capable of accomplishing. So that's the, that is why we wrote Get Strong and why we put it out there. Yeah, that's really cool. And an awesome message. I think a lot of women, I mean, Brett and I both train um, both male and female clients and a lot of women definitely have some hesitation at the beginning about picking up heavier weights to, to make a big change, but it, it ends up being so important, especially for women. Um, how did that, how did that get to be something that you really enjoyed doing? Like maybe let's start back kind of on your fitness journey and talk about how that got to be something that you were interested in and and that you believed in because now, you know, you're on the other end of the spectrum where you're preaching that, um, I would love to to learn about sort of the beginning of your journey into lifting like that and, and thinking um, in terms of all of the different ways that you move your body and how that helps you. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I've, I've gotten questions like, what's your story, but never really relating to why I wrote the book. And I got into fitness when I was in a really dark place in my senior year of college, and I was working at a club, I was in nightlife, I was drinking a lot, and I took to bodybuilding.com, actually, and I found Jamie Easton's Lift Fit Trainer, and it's essentially how to lift weights. It's a very simple, basic program, and I took it into the gym at my at my college. I went to NYU, and I walked into the gym, and I was the only girl, and rather than feeling really intimidated, I actually felt incredibly proud of myself for stepping foot into an environment that didn't seem like I was... I was supposed to be in 
and I started lifting and I just found this like I it was so weird because I've been so insecure and I still am insecure but it was the one place where I, I walked into the gym and I was like everyone's headphones are in they have their hat down no one really cares what you're doing and I'm gonna be here and I'm gonna I'm gonna work hard like that's it and this book is it's I, I hope it's like the next level of what I had found with Jamie Eason where someone's gonna pick this up and look at it and realize all right I can go into the gym and I can lift and I can feel good that's uh, a really cool and I, I think it's it's interesting and unique that you were able to do that on your own what do you think some of the mental hurdles for women are even if they have that information in front of in front of them and they know that something like that might work um, what do you think is keeping like a, a big majority of women from really like taking that to heart and and doing something about it because you obviously did it successfully um, right. but there's still this seemed to be this this really big barrier between understanding that lifting heavier you know like it's it's hard for the guys who are that have that as a goal to have that to achieve that you yeah. know just like accidentally happenstance onto that so what do you think some of the mental challenges are that maybe you still see with clients or in class um that your yeah. book and your message can solve yeah i think honestly it's like being confident and, and i i i don't want to say this because i don't want people to take it the wrong way but like faking it until you make it like people come into class oftentimes and I'll tell them how to do something. I'll demo it. I'll watch them. But there's this constant fear of doing something wrong or being ner or nervous that you're going to hurt yourself, that you're doing something wrong, that uh, I don't know. And, 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 and I wish that people would just, you know what, act like you know what you're doing until someone tells you otherwise and until a trainer or a coach comes up to you and is like, let me help you, let me fix this for you. And it's why the book is, before you even get to the programs, we break down every single exercise, like visually, how to do it correctly. Because I want someone to feel confident to walk in and just really be able to attack it and be able to focus on feeling strong, lifting a little bit heavier rather than worrying about what they're doing. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. And I think yeah. that, that, is a, that is definitely a, a big barrier because people do, there is definitely an, an inherent risk to, to working a bit harder in the gym with heavier weights than doing something a bit less risky. But there's such a huge benefit and playing off, you know, the, the, the title of the workout you've created, like flow into strong, just, just being strong in general right. is such a huge confidence booster. You mentioned and, you know, feel free to go into it as much or as little depth on this as you'd like, but... You mentioned that you were in a dark place senior year of college, and it seems like fitness was something that was a huge catalyst that sort of pulled you out of that. Um, you know, feel free to expand as, as much or as little as you want, but if you could talk about that journey, I think that's also really important because depression's been something that um, I haven't personally dealt with to that, to that depth um, or, or being in a really dark place, but I've been around it a lot, and I know that fitness and health and incorporating that as a way to feel confident and strong personally has pulled people out of some dark situations. And it, it's something that I definitely promote to help when I, when I know that's going on with somebody that I care about. Um, could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been pretty open on my social media channels about having 
dealt with and still deal with depression and anxiety and other issues like that. And I, I've had all of these for years and, and I don't think, I, I think people are afraid to talk about mental illness because there's this stigma that you're broken when honestly the world is just so interconnected and there's too much overstimulus for all of us, but we all have something going on, you know, <laughs> and I, I've just been really hypersensitive to everything in my life and I've had a lot of family issues and, and stuff growing up that I think when I was in college and I was all of a sudden on my own really feeling independent, I didn't know what to do with this independence. I felt strong, but I at the same time was crying out for help. So I was uh, drinking, I was doing drugs and I just, and, and I was also not eating and not because I had any sort of eating disorder because I knew exactly what I was doing in my body. I think people that have eating disorders and they throw that word around literally look in the mirror and they have no idea what they look like. I knew exactly what I was doing to my body and I was crying out for help. And I thank God I took to bodymillion.com and I remember the reason that I did that was because my grandma threatened me um, and said if I don't fix something, she would send me to a hospital. And I that fear of... of being put somewhere where I wasn't in control really freaked me out. Like everything that I was doing to myself, I was in control, even though it seemed like I wasn't. Um, I knew what I was doing. I was doing it for a reason. I was upset. I knew I was upset and I didn't want to be somewhere where I lost control. And so I then took extreme control and went into the gym and found that having this control let me kind of relax into certain anxiety issues a little bit more and I still struggle with these things all the time but I now have an outlet for releasing some of this emotion rather than just letting it brew inside of me yeah that that is I think that's a that's like the best way to be using you know that the health and fitness is is you can use it to strengthen yourself obviously and get stronger physically but there's such a mental aspect along with the physical strength I think that's a thing that until you're in it and you're not just doing it to work out, once you do it as part of your lifestyle, once that switch hits, then like the opportunities, at least for me personally, what I see with my clients, they become endless. It's like, this is part of who you are and you feel just like a stronger human when you're working out. Exactly. And that's the whole, that's the whole goal. I, I don't want people to look at strong as it's only physical, you know, like it, it's so much more than that. And you actually need to tap into the mentality of being strong before you even feel the benefits of physically feeling strong, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree 100%. How would you say then from your, that first lift when you went into the gym until now, um, how did you turn that, you know, almost release not only into a passion, but then from the passion into your career? Um, to be honest, I don't know if it is my passion. <laughs> and um, I think that's something else that I've also talked about um, on social media. I think that we live in a world where, especially my generation, is taught to seek this, this infinite happiness and look for your perfect job and your passion. You need to be happy and love life every single moment. And that is so unrealistic. And I... I'm 25. I have no idea what I want to do. I know that I love connecting with people and I definitely love my job. I wouldn't say 
it's my end all be all passion. It wasn't fitness was never something that was in my daily life. I was in high school. I, I never, I didn't even want to get sweaty. I like, I was one in gym class that would like say I was sick to run the mile. Like I didn't, I didn't want to do any of that, but I, but I loved being, I was, I was a part of theater and I loved being on stage and I loved talking to people. and I loved reading books and writing and connecting and, and expressing ideas. And I feel that I'm able to do that through my job. Um, but I, I think I, I got really lucky. I, I got lucky that things started to fall into place. I've obviously worked incredibly hard at everything that's been in front of me, um, which is why I know that I'm on the right path. Like I'm working hard. The next opportunity comes around the corner and that happens for anybody. If you're, if you're working hard and putting positive energy into something, it'll continue to grow. And if it doesn't grow, then you know, it's not right for you. So I know that I'm doing something right, but, um, I don't know if that is my passion, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I'm on this path and that I was able to make it into a career and it's, it's a hard one, but I, I'm, I'm happy that I'm working at it. I think that's an awesome, awesome insight for most people that may be stuck in a job that they don't love um, to hear that just because something is your passion doesn't mean that that should also turn into your full-time career. Because I right. think I always, when I'm always talking to somebody about pursuing a job that they may not love, I switched careers and fitness was definitely a passion of mine. I think it's turned into a bigger one just because I like to move so many different ways, I think that's probably why I've never like niched into like uh, one silo of a trainer. I like taking things from rock climbing and yoga and mountain biking and skiing and surfing and try and just disseminate that in a way just to move better overall. But you know, Brett and I have had a really hard time like settling on one thing that we do because there's just too many things that are fun. Um, but I think you, you know just being fulfilled by a job ends up making it a, a good fit for you. And I'm, I like hearing that from other people, that that message, and also that you have kind of come to that insight on your own. I would definitely be interested to hear what other forums you would like to pursue in terms of like theater and reading and writing. What other subjects interest you outside of fitness that you might like to do? Yeah. Um, so I, I went to NYU and I studied marketing and consumer behavior, and I've always been really intrigued with the human psyche and why we connect to certain things or to certain people and relationships and relationships to products and to um, just our environment. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I love the idea of, of writing more and being an author, maybe putting some of what I'm saying now into, into writing. Um, but I love what you just said about it doesn't necessarily need to be your passion, but whatever you do needs to fulfill you in some way. And if it's not fulfilling you, then, then maybe there's, there's a, a reason to look at it in a different way. Um, cause the word passion is, is such a big word, you know? Um, yeah, I, I have no idea. I feel like other things that keep like outside of fitness, I think I do so much outside of fitness, even if it is fitness, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) even in a one-on-one session, it's it's more than that, you know? And, um, I, I, I'm honestly just very, very, uh, trusting that 
whatever is next for me will kind of make its way into my life. With all of the different things you're doing, like you mentioned, yes, they're, most of them have some fitness component, but it's, it's very like holistic in your approach. How do you, um, with juggling all of those different things, how do you, um, divide up your time, whether that is daily, weekly, or monthly, um, so that you can still feel that sense of fulfillment? Because, when you're getting calls for modeling gigs, when you're trying to write a book, when you have four classes on a Saturday and people are trying to hang out, how do you divide your time amongst amongst your different projects? Um, Google Calendar. <laughs> Love it. So um, do we. I would not. Yeah. Color-coded Google Calendar. I would not live without it. Um, I don't know. I I'm very lucky that I have some days that are super crazy and then other days that are lighter. And I know that even on the light days, I get a little antsy, but I need to remind myself that I I need to enjoy it. Um, dividing my time, I'd say, I just, I try to be really present in every moment. It's like I'm teaching a class rather than, Oh, I have like a meeting coming up next. Like just really focusing on what I'm doing in the moment. Um, I'm, it's something that I'm really working on. I'm, I've now learned to treat emails like emails and not text messages. I think that's a problem with the current generation is like feeling the need to respond immediately when honestly things can take time. Um, so just being really, being really sensitive with myself and my time. Um, and also I always give myself at least every single day, I will make sure that I have at least like 30 minutes to sit down and eat a meal. Like rather than running around, because there are the days of course, where I'm like breakfast is just a shake running to the next thing or, or lunch is like a hard boiled egg. And then I try to eat like a salad, like as I'm talking to somebody and food is another thing that I'm, I'm working on. And I found that I can relax the most when I have at least 30 minutes to sit down and eat, even if it's at 9 p.m. after a class, like making, and that's the only time I can make sure that I have it, that's like my me time. And I usually journal and write, even if it's lunch or breakfast, whatever it is, like making sure that I have that time every single day. And also yoga. I mean, I practice yoga. Um, if I'm not going to a class and I'm practicing at home, and it's why I don't teach specific just strict yoga classes anymore because it's it really is my hobby and I never wanted to lose that yeah I remember having a conversation with you about that saying once it turns into work it kind of loses some of that's appeal and I yeah exactly (laughs) I go take classes and we we uh just to like let everyone else know we had that conversation about you know when you walk into a class judging it from the perspective of a teacher and not from a student for enjoyment and I have really gone back and just tried to kind of shut that part of my brain off to to enjoy the moment and go see teachers that I know I'm going to like so I can just enjoy doing it. Brett and I actually just uh, recorded some uh, audio for some meditations that we're about to put out and one I did yesterday was on mindfulness, a little mindfulness meditation for like five or six minutes before you sit down to a meal. And that's something that I've started to try and do and identify with because normally I eat in under 90 seconds and just <laughs> try and do away with any time spent eating. But it is such a, a nice time to either share with someone else or a group of people um, or just show some love to the food that you created that you're putting in your own body. 
and to give it some credit. Absolutely. What? Yeah, um, I think oh, I think that's people. like people underestimate the the importance of like enjoying your food. <laughs> A lot of our food issues are created because we don't really connect to what we're eating. Yeah, I think that is that to me is like such a huge thing about food. There's so many, and I mean, as a trainer and a fitness professional, I mean, you're getting, you're fielding these questions every day from your clients. What should I eat? When should I eat? What's the ratio? Um, and obviously, like those plans work, and there's and there's a lot involved with it. But the thing that I always come back to is that what you just said: the enjoyment factor. If you're eating food just to eat it. It's, it's not going to fulfill you. Just like you were talking about with your career. If you need it to be something that like means something to you and like when you put some time into creating a meal and it looks good and it's like presentable as opposed to just like mashing things into a bowl, scarfing it down, there is way more satisfaction in eating that type of food. And then when you're more thoughtful about it, you think about the ingredients, where you got them from, you know, the, the quality of it. Um, so I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. That's an awesome daily practice. Something I'm going to start to try yeah. to do too. Yeah, please, please. You mentioned uh, that you take some time to journal sometimes too around eating. Do you have any other self care or kind of morning or PM routines that you follow um, that's outside being in the gym? Yeah, so definitely yoga. Um, yeah, that's a big one. Um, giving myself time to practice, um, journaling, and then I I've gotten better at this recently. But putting my phone outside of my bedroom to go to sleep. So I still have an alarm on it, and I sleep with my door open. I also I live in a tiny New York apartment, so I have the luxury of putting it on my <laughs> on my kitchen counter and still hearing it from my bedroom. But um, I <laughs> I I charge it and I put my phone outside of my bedroom so that I'm not on my phone as I'm like turning down to go to sleep. I instead I read and that's been something that I've made a pretty consistent habit this whole 2018 thus far. And it's, it's helped me relax before going to sleep and then I can sleep better through the night and I feel like I'm not on all the time. Yeah. That, that to me is, I do the same thing. Um, I turn my phone on airplane mode as well so that during my morning routine I am not swayed away by an email, a text, an Instagram message. I try to not really check it until after my like second or third client in the morning and I mean that might be like seven or eight AM when you've got a couple five AM yeah. mixed in. But I, I also like doing that and then one other thing I heard recently too which is interesting is just putting your phone on airplane mode for a couple hours during the day. So there's like no way you can check it. Um, I think yeah. that those are just like ways. It's like sometimes we, just like you're talking about with Google Calendar, you need to just set things up to be successful. It won't happen. We're all human beings. There's always cravings, whether that's food or time on the phone, that you just need to like lock it up. Yeah. There's, um, so Ariana Huffington has created a new company called Thrive Global. She's had it for a while and she also has an app now. Um, where you can turn your phone, like you click this app and you, you turn something on on the app and it puts your phone in thrive mode. Yeah, so it's that. almost like airplane mode, except if somebody reaches out to you, it sends a, an email or I sends a text message immediately saying, 
Alex or Brett or Jason is in thrive mode, they'll respond when they're done. I and saw so that. Like, I saw that. that yeah, isn't awesome. that amazing? It's like, so cool. and then it, uh, hopefully that'll change. Like, if I got a text message from someone that was like, "So and so is in thrive mode," I would <laughs> yeah. then be like, "Well, I'm not in thrive <laughs> what mode. The hell am I, I doing? Can't be in thrive mode." <laughs> yeah, that's it's epic. Amazing. It's amazing. Um, I, I think air, your airplane mode trick is 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 very it, it does the same thing, yeah. but um, yeah, just being aware of like giving yourself time to just not be so connected all the time. <laughs> yeah, I, and um, you mentioned, and I, I, I we very similar like pre bed um, to turning the phone off and all that. Do you um, do you have any book recommendations? You said you read a little bit before bed. I've been really making that um, one of my goals this month was to just like read like three really good books I've been trying to finish and I'm not the fastest reader so it's been a lot of time reading but it's been every night before bed for at least 30 minutes maybe like a couple recent books or just a book you'd recommend for for, like pre-bed it could be fiction non-fiction it could be about working out anything yeah so go ahead yeah anything that that you think is like a good pre-bed read yeah, so I got so excited because I, I the reason I kept on, I, I just stood up and I went over to my book, my bookshelf. <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> I um, so I recently read a book called The Inner Fix. It's by these two women named Persia Lawson and Joanne Bradford, and they're these two British women. And it's basically how to deal with anxiety and stress and depression. And it completely changed my life. Like it has been the best book. I go to it all the time. Yeah. Um, some other favorites: Phil Knight's Shoe Dog, obviously. Uh, fans over or swoosh over here um i've also been trying to get through blink i think uh by malcolm gladwell he he's better known for the tipping point but the thing is so the tipping point has to do with what's going on around us and blink is focused on our own reactions like our gut reactions to things and that they're usually right and so i'm trying to get through it now it's it's honestly taking me longer than i thought but um yeah, I'm really intrigued with like gut emotional reactions, but I also think that I may disagree with him because sometimes our feelings are may not be so correct if we're like wrapped up in so many other things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's another one. I was also I, I honestly read like three books at a time, which is probably why it takes me so long to get through me them. Too. Um, <laughs> Jason, yeah. seven books yeah, at I'm a time. Trying, I'm trying to read uh, "Quiet: The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking." That's by Susan Cain. Oh yeah, she's um, got a sweet TED talk. It's probably it's about that. Yeah, book, yeah. I, I saw her TED talk, and that's why I bought the book. Um, but I'm also trying to get through so many others. <laughs> um, and then I also just bought Spiritual uh, Spiritual Graffiti by MC Yogi. And he is a, he's a yogi, and it's like his story of, of finding himself through yoga and music. He's like, he's a, a yogi and a DJ. And so I've got, I've got a lot on my bookshelf. <laughs> That's funny. Right <laughs> and on when my you, night table. Right when you said I'm reading Blink and it's taking me a while to get through it, I was like, oh, Malcolm Gladwell books are like the ones you start while you're reading seven other books at a time. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, and and I, I need to really just focus on one. But I'm also at the same time trying to get through this like murder mystery thriller that uh, my boyfriend got me for Christmas because it's his favorite book. But it's like 500 words of things I don't care about. So that's been tough. <laughs> Sometimes you got to just do it. Yeah. You gotta We've got just a lot, do it. a lot to do. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's great. I think I think you made a couple interesting points. One, which I think is super interesting, is you made a point about disagreeing with something in a book. And I think that's something that sometimes when we read books, you like read to just to consume the knowledge. But I love like like reading a paragraph and being like, I don't fucking think that that is true <laughs> in the slightest. Yeah, because it's it's an interesting thing to challenge because the. A lot of these books are written for like the knowledge and, and the base, and some of the stuff you're going to agree with. But just because it's a New York Times bestseller doesn't mean that it's it, you're, you need to agree with it. And I think it's interesting also, and, and one thing that Jason and I try to do sometimes is is read the same book, um, is to be able to have that discussion and talk about what you agree with and what you don't agree with with a book like that. I think that that's a it's an interesting point to hear. Because a lot of people won't voice that opinion about the book. They'll be like, yeah, I liked it or I didn't like it. But some people, I think it's interesting that you got into that. You like actually had a little bit of a disagreement with some of it. That, that's awesome. Yeah, I think more people should choose to argue or like think about things in a different way rather than say, oh, this person wrote a book. They're really smart. Like, yeah. I must believe it. Like, yeah. no, you have your own thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that actually that point what do right you there. Think? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think I think that's a great point to make. I think a lot of us are are we're in a constant society of consumption. And like one thing that's interesting about you is that you're you're a big creator. You like to not only create books, um, but you've created your you know your flow into strong. Um, you've created your movements, your your book that you're writing or that you wrote. Um, and I think being a creator, even if it's like as simple as drawing pictures or doing something that is just not cons- consistently consuming, is something that we can all do more of. Yeah, totally. We've forgotten how to create and we just consume. That's the problem with this generation. Yeah. Do you do any other um, any other things like that to create, whether it's... An artistic um, thing, well, any, any I, acting or anything you're doing? Yeah, I mean, I used to, I honestly, I used to draw. I was, like, in college when I was, or sorry, in high school when I was acting, I was also doing a lot of art um, and also singing, and and I think that I need to go back to doing that. I think journaling is great, but there's something so nice about just, like, sketching and letting your brain just make shapes. Um but I feel like yoga it acts yeah. as some sort of creation for me too, especially when I self-practice and I'm not guided by a teacher and I can just kind of listen and let my body move. Um, that would definitely be my creating Did you, uh, uh, or, or what I do to create. Did you create or come up with any of the tattoos you have? Um, I didn't. Well, I didn't draw them. Um, but I, I mean, every, every single one that I've found, I... I guess I created why it's important for me. Um, So I have, for those who are listening and have never seen my body, (laughs) (laughs) um, I have one, two, three, four, five tattoos. I literally just had to count my body. Um, Five. um, My first one is on my wrist. It says breathe. And I, funny enough, got that with my mom. And she and I don't have a relationship anymore. But um, I got it. And the point is to breathe, like to just, all you got to do is take a breath and things will work itself out. And, um, it's, it's interesting because she's been a lot of why I need to do that. Um, and then I have an arrow on my left bicep 
picked it up when my grandpa was diagnosed with cancer. And that's all about how when life is pulling you back, it's always going to launch you forward, just like an arrow. And I've, I've definitely noticed that when I'm going through something really rough, and everyone has, right? Like, when, when you're down, you're always going to come out on the other side. Um, got a dragonfly, which doesn't really mean much other than, like, dragonflies are the only uh, insect that doesn't go like against the wind it just lets the wind move it which is similar to the breathe mentality then i have ohm on my ankle i realize i'm talking a lot and you didn't even ask me for what my tattoos were so the answer is no i did not draw any of mine but we were still interested here keep going explain the rest um okay so i've got i've got the ohm symbol on my right ankle and i got that in thailand when i got my yoga training and then I also have a dove behind my right ear, and I got that with my first boyfriend because, I mean, at the time I thought he was going to be my love forever, and he wasn't, but he was my first love, and he taught me a lot about loving someone, so I'm happy that I have that, too. Yeah, I think it's interesting. They're all tiny. Yeah. They're all tiny. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's super interesting to think of how a tattoo is, is an expression of oneself, and... It's always interesting to hear about the stories behind that because if you're willing to put that mark on yourself for life, I mean, I think it's got to have a valid backing behind it, which is super interesting to yeah. hear those, those different um, Yeah, totally. Ones. I think everyone has a story with, with what they put on their body, or I hope they do. Or they just want it to be art, which is also really cool. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the things and, and the, you know, creativity and, and we go back, we've gone back to it a few times is, is yoga in general. You, you got a yoga cert, you went and just, it was right after we had first met, you were just going to go off yep. and do the cert. And I was so hype. I remember, um, Yeah. how was that experience doing your certification? And then I want to ask a two part going to that. And then let's circle back to you got certification. I'm sure a little bit of that was to teach, but then you came to the realization that teaching was not what you wanted out of yoga. Yeah. So I actually, I went not to teach. Um, So I, I went because I just needed a break. Like I, I've been doing this for almost four years and I never once sat down and was like, I want to be a trainer. It just, it literally just happened. Like I started doing bikini competitions. I met somebody who introduced me to group fitness. And then I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll study for my cert, my personal training certification. Like I felt like I just got trapped in a, a, like a spinning wheel that I didn't sign up for. And so I also went through a really bad breakup and I, I needed to get out of the city. So I left and I, went to Thailand and then I came back and um, it just kind of made sense to start teaching yoga. I don't think, uh, yeah, it just, it made sense, but I quickly learned that I needed to keep it as my hobby, which is why I created Flow Into Strong because it's still my way of teaching yoga without giving up that part of me. And it was just such an amazing experience. Like if, if anybody needs to find themselves or or to just take some to to give themselves some clarity like travel is the way to do it and especially going alone like I went completely by myself which was scary as as anything I'd ever done but was so perfect what did you like about traveling alone other than it just generally making you feel uncomfortable (laughs) as a positive thing yeah well I was gonna say yeah it made me really scared but it also introduced me to so many things that I, I 
it made me realize how strong I was and how independent I was. Like, I could handle walking through the Chinese airport and not speaking any Chinese and, like, figure, figure it out. Like, <laughs> like, you just, you figure it out. Like, we're so much smarter and stronger than we give ourselves credit for. Did you have any other things while you were doing your certification and kind of on this journey by yourself that were really important to you that you kind of took back from? Because I think travel is such a unique thing for people. And to get back to the create over consume, people use travel or travel in general as a very consumer-driven activity. Everything's kind of packaged and, and definitely the way travel is moving is away from that, away from the... I'm just going to go to a very big box resort that's all inclusive and sit and use it as an escape only to show back up on Monday and be the exact same person rather than use travel as a tool to advance things you want to work on, on yourself, on your career, on your life. And there's so many lessons to be learned without necessarily needing to pay for them as like a direct product or service. Can you talk about anything else? Maybe it doesn't have to be on the Thailand trip, but um, that you've taken away from either traveling alone or in groups that's been important to you? Yeah, well, taking time for yourself when you're traveling. I think even if you're in a big group, um, when I was in Thailand, we had a day of silence. Everyone had one day where they weren't allowed to speak. And it was so refreshing to be able to sit down next to somebody like for lunch and not feel obligated to say anything. Um and I don't know if that's necessarily creating, but it, it gave me the, the mental space to, to create and think and write and have some sort of space away from co- the constant need to communicate. Um, and I'd say with, with traveling, like just me. So then on the other side, actually, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that my brain went this way. So the, on one side is like completely taking time for yourself, and then the other side is going and talking to people that you would never talk to ever, like before. Like just walking down the street and talking to somebody who has like a street cart, or um, talking to someone on a plane. You know, like putting yourself in in situations to speak to strangers. It's like we're we feel obligated to speak to the people around us that we know, but then it's like strangers are untouchables, and it's it's nice to be able to flip that around. Yeah, that, that is a, I think that's, that's just something that once you begin to travel and you do it in a way in which is like, not like how Jason said, where you're exploring and you're trying new things and you're going on these experiences, you gain that. And and it comes back to something we touched on a few times, just that self-confidence. I love being talked to or talking to somebody new. If I can do that once a day, it's like that day is just so much better. Just connecting with somebody, yeah. learning from them. And what's nice about like just going back to that yoga trip, if you know you have a commonality, you can dive into so many things so quickly. And then on the yeah. other side of it, if you just meet somebody on a plane, you're going to find something that you that you can talk about, that you can agree on. And it might only be a short conversation, but I think that just makes your skill of communicating so much better when you're able to talk with somebody new. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's super interesting. So what are some of the uh, projects you've got coming up for for the next couple months or year or anything else you want to talk about um, in regards to things you've got going on? So I can't talk about it too much yet, but there is something that will be coming out that is digital 
where you can work out with me at home. Ooh, okay. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, it's going to be really, really awesome. I've basically been filming um, every single day, so that's kind of my biggest project right now um, after that I don't know I, maybe I'll write another book um, I'm trying to find a new home for Flow to Strong so that's also on my agenda and maybe possibly licensing out Flow to Strong so that I can bring it to gyms all over the place and I don't have to be the only one teaching it I think that'd be really awesome yeah that's um, cool so those are those are my that's my current like to-do list that's great <laughs> Um, so we always ask yeah. everybody and, and a retreat with live better. Yeah, we're getting that going. <laughs> getting that going. Details coming. Exactly. Yeah, we'll get that. We'll get that one set up. It's going to be lit. Um, yeah. So our motto is have the best day ever, every single day. And we do that through connecting with people, um, being healthy, being strong and being positive and just setting up our own day, knowing that you are in control, creating versus consuming. So I always love to ask our guests, if you could wake up tomorrow, do anything you want, literally anything besides like time travel, like go to Paris and Hawaii in the same day, what would be like a legitimate, real best day ever for Alex Silverfagan? Um, it would probably be wake up on the beach, have a coffee and some breakfast with either my boyfriend or like my best friend, probably not talking yet. Like breakfast needs to be silent in my opinion. Um, (laughs) like just sitting and breathing. Um, and then, and then a workout or yoga, um, and then maybe a hike and then, yeah, just I just want to be outside, which makes New York really difficult. <laughs> yeah, um, I was just about we're the same that. way. Guess, yeah, that that would, and then and then probably like doing a big workout with everyone in that evening. See, working out always comes into it, so I know that I'm definitely doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Um, eating good food, being with good people, and uh, sweating. <laughs> that is it. That is and it. not having to wear layers. I if I could live in. As like a tank top and shorts for my whole life, I would. You're on the wrong coast. I really am. <laughs> I, yeah, that's a good day. I, I would enjoy that day as well. That'd be a, right? that'd be a solid day. Yeah. Just feel the sun. Yeah, yeah, that sun is something. I don't know. I wonder if because of where we live, we enjoy it more. I always wonder that. Like, do you think you yeah. would enjoy it less if you just were lived in San Diego? I don't know. Um, I mean... Oh, you get used to it. Yeah. But also, I would also say my perfect day, I don't have kids yet, but one day my I would have kids in that situation. I can't wait to be home. Oh, yeah. Your kids are popping out. <laughs> Full single arm handstands. Deadlift and handstand. Yeah. yeah. Deadlifting my kids. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. So where can um, our viewers, our listeners find out about you um website instagram twitter facebook any of those social outlets um so they can can find out more about you and and get into either some of your classes or um your book or your ebook or your online stuff or your modeling or your training or everything else you do (laughs) (laughs) so um you can definitely find me on my website which is alexsilverfagan.com and it has 
my schedule and anytime I have any big events coming up, they'll be booked. They'll be on there. Um, and then social media, Instagram is my main platform. So that is also just Alex Silverfake in my name. I answer direct messages and I try to communicate with people as much as I can. So please message me. Um, and then I'm also on both Twitter and Facebook with the same name, but I'll be honest, I am very bad at updating those two platforms. So are we. Insta's the jam. I really am. Like Facebook, sometimes I get to it. Twitter is like a once every three months type of thing. And it's funny because like Twitter started when I was in high school. And I remember tweeting every single day. And if I scroll down, like all you see is tweets about the Jonas Brothers. It's not a very good (laughs) business platform for me. You can delete those, you know, right? (laughs) I, I can, but I think it's just so, they're just so funny. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. So, um, do uh, you have, there, that, there you go. Do you have any, um, closing advice just for, just for the people that are, that are kind of, you know, right around our age? Um, they don't have to be health professionals. They don't have to be entrepreneurs. Just some closing advice on just living, living and, and having, having just a good day. Um, to not be so hard on yourself because I find that I always have a really good day after, Anything that's been bothering me, I let go of and I cry or I talk to someone about it. Then I always have a better day after that. So not feeling like you need to bottle everything up. You don't need to put on this strong front all the time. You're actually way stronger when you let yourself feel. And um, so, yeah, don't be too hard on yourself. Let yourself cry. Let yourself feel. Let yourself enjoy. And then you can really find the, the beauty in what every single day is for you. Namaste. <laughs> Namaste. Yeah. Don't focus on it, but let it be and let it go. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, we just want to thank you for um, not only going into some of the amazing projects you're going on, but, you know, diving into some of that personal stuff. And just like you said, that's it's great that you're able to, to let that out because people bottle that stuff up. And um, it's nice to hear it from somebody that has been able to pivot from it. Um, so we just want to thank you for your time and just your, your amazing insight. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you guys for creating this platform to let me share and talk and for this big movement that I hope continues to grow, live better. (laughs) As as always, have the best day ever. Thank you so much. You too. Thanks, Alex. All right. Thanks, Alex.